0: And welcome to another edition of Digging It! I'm Eric Ritchie and we're so glad you're with us. It is an exciting time. You can feel it in the air in the New Orleans area. That's right. The AVP is in town and ready for the New Orleans Open taking place really today starting on Thursday with the qualifiers and then Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It will be on in a big time way at Coconut Beach. Over the next hour, we're going to talk ABP, but we're also going to talk college beach volleyball as well. Many teams getting ready to wrap up their regular season, getting ready for conference tournaments. We're going to be joined by Tulane coach Al Zimet. Everyone knows him as Coach Easy, but unbelievable background story. Cannot wait to get into it with Tulane's head coach, who's having another fantastic season, now in Conference USA, 16-8 and overall record right now before they go to Birmingham for the UAB tournament. They're number 17th in the latest ABCA poll in the nation. So looking forward to Coach Easy coming up, and as usual, we'll tell you what's coming up on VSN to wrap up the show. But let's kick it off with, yes, the New Orleans Open AVP style. We went out to White Sands for an event yesterday uh, with last week's guest, of course, talking about Evan Corey and Logan Weber. Well, Evan's girlfriend, part of that PlayFit Foundation where they put on a free clinic at White Sands. So. Since we talked to Evan and Logan last week, let's talk to Savvy this week. Then we went over to Coconut Beach, where the AVP busy putting all of the bells and whistles up for a big tournament. We got a chance to talk to Richie Diedrich, again, a guy making his AVP debut. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago with Joey Keener. We'll hear from Richie. And then, of course, a guy I think a lot of us sometimes take for granted at Coconut Beach, talking about volleyball director Mick Stein. What an unbelievable background story he had on how he got into the sport of volleyball. So let's go ahead and roll the tape of those three interviews, Savvy, Richie, and Mick. We're out here at White Sands with Savvy Simo. (laughs) Savvy putting on a clinic with her boyfriend, Evan Corey, and his partner, Logan Weber. Welcome back. I know not only is your boyfriend from Louisiana, so is your partner Julia yes. Rodriguez. This is a big week for you here at the New Orleans Open.
1: Big week. And I was just telling the kids that this this almost feels like a hometown event for me because the community here is so welcoming and accepting. And it's just so different than being in California where anyone can go on the beach and play volleyball. All these different complexes. It's a new, new thing for me, but everyone is so welcoming and inviting and i almost feel like this like i said is a hometown event for me and especially being here with evan and with tony this means so much to them so being here with them means so much to me and i'm so excited for this weekend tell us about the clinic that you're conducting as we speak here at white sands so this is a kids clinic that we put on through our foundation called the playfit foundation where we can get um we have these these, uh, clinics with all these i mean we have kids all ages all kinds of ages and so we're so fortunate look at the turnout we have here this is an incredible turnout the weather was supposed to be bad and all these kids still showed up. So it's really, really special. And even Evan said, this is the most kids he's ever had at one of these clinics before. Um, this means a lot for us. We, we love doing things for the community and we love inspiring the youth to come and play. So this means a lot to us to have this many kids, especially just kids who are so, like they want to be here. And that's like really special for us. So we're super happy about this and super excited. Yeah. Great event.
0: I've been here for a while. You can tell the kids are getting a lot out yeah. of it. And you last week in Brazil, Obviously, we had Evan and Logan on talking about their international event that you guys took place in. Tell us how it went for you and Tony, and uh, kind of where you're at as you come back to New Orleans for now in AVP. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so just a quick summary of what me and Tony have been doing. So, our first event of the year was an FIVB in La Paz, and we took a second place. We lost to Kristen Nuz and Taryn Cloth in the finals. Obviously, gnarly competition, people we play against all the time, and amazing competitors. So, that was a really great finish for us to start our season. We went to Brazil, a little bit banged up. The weather was pretty crappy. We took we lost in the round of 18s. So we broke. We qualified, broke pool, and then lost a game to get into the round of 16. So that was definitely a bummer. Um, some mental fatigue there for sure. And uh, it was, it's tough. You know, you take a second and then you don't do as well. And so that's definitely frustrating. But um, it was actually great for us to come here a little bit early and reset and get ready for this weekend. This is our first AVP of the year. So we're super excited about that. And hopefully, many more good finishes to come on the AVP and the FIVB Tour. So we're super, super fired up for all of it. Back
0: to New Orleans the site of really an emotional event last year Mm -hmm. when Tony went down with another knee injury. I mean, everybody was just, you know, emotional at that point. And the fact that it wasn't an ACL tear, the fact that she came back, like you just said, you guys won flipping silver in Mexico. Tell me about coming back to New Orleans, maybe what you remember about that moment and how cool it is to see you guys back together and doing so well. Absolutely. So
1: we already kind of got over one of the humps for Tony. So like we went to Doha, which wasn't supposed to be our first event of the year, ended up being it. So I, I call La Paz our first event of the year, but we went to Doha cause we got in super last second. We literally booked the flight without knowing we were in and flew all the way to there to play in a qualifier. And of course we fly all the way to Qatar and play Taryn and Kristen. So we ended up losing that game in three. It was a gnarly battle, but that was like one half the battle for Tony. Obviously like, coming back and playing in competition is a huge deal. But then playing against, her first game back against the team that she got injured against, was like a super big mental challenge that like we were able to overcome, which is amazing. And I think, I don't even think she's thinking about the injury at at Coconut because she's so excited to be here in front of her family. Like she, it was so emotional last year. And having that happen, obviously, with her history of injuries, for me, for her family and friends and everyone, it was so emotional. We didn't know what was going to happen. Obviously, it ended up being not as bad as we wanted it to be. But she was still out. Like, her first event back was in, in January. So it's like she still was out for such a long time. And so it means so much to her, obviously, and to me as well. Like, the fact that we're still playing together and uh, playing so well together is so exciting because at that event last year, we were we were killing it. And so it's nice to kind of, like, almost pick up where we left off kind of thing. So I'm so happy for her. And I'm so happy to be the person that's like on her team by her side through all of this, especially in her own town event.
0: Hey, if you're just joining us here in the podcast, Dignit with Eric Ritchie. We're talking to Savvy Simo, um, of course, AVP stud, but also (laughs) UCLA beach volleyball veteran. And there's been so many great battles through the years with LSU. Yeah. You're playing against they're playing with an LSU yeah, player. Yeah. And playing, you know, Taryn and Kristen. There's all this LSU stuff. Tell me about your days at UCLA and what's it like to be facing all these these LSU, you
1: know. Oh my gosh. LSU is always such a competition, especially Taryn and Kristen. I mean I played against them like over ten times at least like at UCLA and afterwards. And so and it's even funnier playing with someone who went to LSU. Like we were such competitors and so playing with her is so crazy um the college volleyball level is so intense and I think that's the best preparation we could have had to get on the tour there's so Haley Harvard Julius there's so many good girls coming out of college that we're competing against and it, it pushes us to be better like that was the level we played against and then we come out to the professional tour and like the level gets better so we have to rise to the occasion but that's the best preparation we could have had um especially like for LSU I think I just think it's so cool for those girls to be able to come and compete at this event um hometown event for them and just the best competition. This event is stacked. And to see like, there's five LSU girls playing, that's really, really awesome for them. So I'm happy for that school. Well, let's tell, talk about you.
0: You, uh, you just mentioned the women's side in particular, stacked. stacked. Right? There's a bunch of studs on the men's side yeah. as well. Yeah. But what stands out is when you look at the entry list for the girls. Me and Tony are the
1: 12 seed. Side.
0: You're the 12 yeah. seed. The we man. barely got in. Yeah. What are your expectations? Tell me about your feeling going into this event this weekend at the... Uh, New Orleans. Yeah.
1: We are so excited to play in this. I I think obviously you won't have the expectation to win, but we're just ha- we're happy to be here. We're we're expecting to go and have a good time. Like we are so like my family's coming in her family's gonna be here. Evan's family's here, so like we just wanna put on a show and have a good time. And I think when we do that, we perform at our best. You know what I mean? So we're excited to be out here. The weather, the weather is somehow holding up. Um, we're playing in the afternoon, which is super fun. More people will probably come out and watch. Tony and I play at 3:30 on Friday or 3:25 on Court Two. Um, so come on out if you want. But we are more than thrilled to be here and just to make some noise. First AVP of the year.
0: We're super stoked to see you. Best of luck. Thank you so much. And continue on with this. Tremendous yeah. Event thank you. I know. Thank you so much. All right, so now we're out at Coconut Beach. We're with Richie Diedrich. Richie, you're in this AVP tournament, the New Orleans Open coming up here yep. at Coconut Beach. How did it all unfold?
2: It's kind of crazy. You know, we were in between signing up because we knew at the time we didn't really have enough points even to consider getting in. Uh, but we went ahead and signed up anyways. Um, a couple things took place, a couple teams dropped, and we got lucky enough to make it in.
0: Here with Richie Diedrich and Richie. You're in now, tell us who you're playing with, when you're playing, and give us the scenario and your outlook for this weekend.
2: Yeah, so I'm playing with uh, Jordan Merceron. Uh, It'll be our second tournament. Um, We play at 11, so far I gotta double check that because I've heard a couple things have changed, but 11 o'clock. Um, we're going against just a couple of beasts, um, but you know what? We didn't sign up for this for it to be easy, um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think Jordan is, too, and we're going to go out there. we got nothing to lose.
0: Tell me how you and Jordan hooked up, and give me a little bit about his game. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So when I first started playing, all I kept hearing was, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. I'm like, man, who is this Jordan guy? Um, long story short, we've played in a couple tournaments together. Um, he's a beast, too, so I'm just happy to be uh, be playing with him. And, uh, and here we are signing up for our first, my first, AVP event.
0: What's the feeling like, the, the, I guess, the night before you compete, um, just what what's going through your, your mind right
2: now? You know, it's funny. I think for a lot of these guys, they've got enough points so they know which ones they're going to in terms of the big AVP events. Um, for me, it happened two nights ago, so I've kind of been not probably probably not getting as much sleep as I want uh, just because I'm so excited, and this really is a dream come true. It's come a lot quicker than I was expecting. but. I guess uh, uh, we'll, we'll take the luck when we can get it.
0: We had Richie on digging it a couple weeks ago with Joey Keener from right out here at Coconut Beach. We found out then more about your game. You're from the Orlando area. You are a high school player of the year in Orlando. You mm-hmm. um, uh, Went to college up in Fort Wayne, IPFW. Tell us a little bit about this transition to the beach game, how it's gone and where you feel your game is right now
2: yeah man it's uh, it's been a crazy transition um, indoor and beach really when I explain it to people they don't understand it's two completely different sports outside of hitting a ball that's similar shape um, they really are different um, between having two guys um, versus six now I'm passing whereas before I was just looking behind me and say hey pass the ball you know it's a lot easier said than done and now I'm kind of figuring that out um, Joey Keener has worked with me endless hours, two, three a days um, to get to that point uh, to be able to remotely come close to passing a volleyball. Um, but we're at a point where I'm feeling pretty confident and um, and we'll see how it goes tomorrow.
0: Richie, you're, you're training a bunch of juniors out here as well. How's that going? And uh, I know all ages. I see you with the little ones. Yeah. I see you with high school players and players that have already committed to college. What's it been like on the coaching side of things?
2: You know, it's funny you ask that. Um, The day I started uh, playing volleyball, I said, you know what, I'm just not much of a coach. I'm not much of a coach. Here I am now coaching both beach and indoor. um, And it's funny, I'm smarter than I've ever been when when it comes to volleyball because I started coaching. Um, Right now, I keep telling Joey, I'm just a sponge, I'm just a sponge any information he can give me on the court while he's coaching any of the information that i can get from some of the kids that i'm that i'm coaching it's really turned me into a, so much of a better player um, and i couldn't be more thankful to be out here with joey and coaching some of the kids out here
0: that's awesome well look richie i'm just kind of panned see you a little bit we got some some guys working out it's really the coconut beach is really starting to get ready for this avp new orleans open we wish you the best of luck and uh Go get him,
2: Love it, thanks so much, guys.
0: Here's Mick Stein, who is the guy that runs all the volleyball out here at Coconut Beach. And look behind you, AVP, Mick. What does that mean to Coconut Beach when this professional tour comes to town?
3: It's everything. I mean, it's the pinnacle of beach volleyball, AVP. It makes everything worthwhile. It's a beautiful event, the best players in the country. Uh, we're gonna have some Olympians playing out here this weekend it's awesome
0: now we i mean if you come to coconut beach the thing you're going to see is you you're here you're the one constant of, of coconut beach how did you start with with volleyball beach volleyball and and come out here to coconut beach? it's a long
3: story eric we got
0: a long I, podcast
3: i started uh playing beach volleyball when i was about 24 years old i think okay. my fiance got me interested in playing we played um indoor mostly uh it was co-ed sixes, reverse co-ed. Then I kind of started playing a little bit of beach volleyball at Coconut Beach, not a whole lot. We moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma when my daughter was two. She's 35, so it's was 33 years ago. We moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I got a job at Citgo Petroleum. They had a little corporate team, we played indoor, and we also played in some beach leagues. It was always co-ed sixes. I liked it, but it wasn't like, I didn't have a passion for the game. I was into at that time softball and I still played basketball, which is what I played in high school. I was a baseball and, and basketball you to, player. You
0: went to high school locally, Saint yeah. Charles?
3: Saint Charles. Okay. Saint Charles Borromeo and Saint Charles Catholic.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
3: Because the senior year they changed the name on us. Um, and then I sort of like we moved back to New Orleans about five years later. And I kinda of got out of volleyball. I didn't really play it. I'd gone to Coconut Beach a couple of times. It was I just couldn't find a a niche. I couldn't find people playing it. And kind of gave it up. And like really put on a lot of weight. And got to the point where I couldn't play any sport anymore. And when I turned 50, I kind of hit a midlife crisis and decided I was going to lose a bunch of weight. And I started getting uh, emails from friends about a grass, a group that plays grass along Bayou St. John, the Mid-City Volleyball Group. And so I went out and started playing, and they played quads and doubles in the grass. It's the first time I'd ever played quads. And I have to admit, all along when I was playing volleyball, all those years, I know uh, it's a girl sport, it's not a real sport. (laughs) All this other stuff. Because I had been playing sixes, which in the beach is a slower game. It's not a very fast game. And quads just, like, I I played twice, and I was addicted. And I just wanted to play. Uh, me and a couple of guys in the group, one of whom is uh, Vin Wynn, he's refs out here all the time. Another guy, Chris Kalitri, we went in, we bought a net, and we started playing three, four days a week. And through that, I met Robert Bruce, who's the manager over here. By then, I was refing out here at Coconut and not playing a whole lot because they still had mostly sixes. And through conversation, they they had a couple turnovers in volleyball directors, I told Rob, I was like, man, I really want to do this, and so they hired me, and it's like, it's like a dream come true, Here
4: you, you know? Are.
3: Yeah. Careful and what and you for. basically, we added quads because that's what got me addicted to the sport was quads, and so I'm like, okay, how can I get more people to play this game? I'm like, well, what made me want to play it was quads, so that's what we did, and you know, we we've seen an increase of about 10 to 15 percent every season from year to year. And it's mainly because we've added quads every night.
0: Love that story. Yeah. I love that story. I did not know.
3: Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so 2021 ADP Next comes, holds the New Orleans Open. First time it's been here for, I think about 10 years at that point. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah, so literally the perfect scenario on the men's side Local guy does good. Evan Corey wins yep. with Logan Weber. Yep. On the women's side, there was a default in the final, but right. still, Kristen Nuss, another local yeah. person, and her teammate and Terry both win. Awesome event. New Orleans gets to host a big AVP event in 2022. Last year, right. And now it's back for a really the AVP back a third year in a row. Yeah. What does it mean? for Coconut Beach when these guys come in midweek and they are putting up their stuff and what's it gonna be like? What do you want people to know that always come out here to Coconut Beach about coming out here for the AVP Open?
3: I I just feel like last year on a court where I play leagues, the same court where I play league games, a 61-year-old B player, Phil was was playing so it's like it's it it means something you know i mean this is like the creme de la creme it's like this is like playing in the superdome to me you know like when they come it's the super bowl for us and it it just means so much and the thing that's even better is having these players from all over the country some from outside the country telling us how great our facility is and how wonderful it is! Awesome. And the courts are great. The sand's lovely. The bar's cool. Yep. Yeah, it's a great vibe. And it's just like, like when I started here, I just, I just wanted to build a community. I wanted it to be a place where somebody could walk in off the street, by themselves, in a pair of shorts and flip-flops, and find a game. And I think we've gotten to that, to the point. Except for this weekend, of course, because you know. I can't find a game this weekend out here. (laughs) No,
0: you can't. But that brings us to a great question. Um, AVP kind of comes in and they take over. Yes. What is going to be your responsibility? Like, What what will you be doing work-wise?
3: Basically making sure that everything with the courts is running along um, selling merchandise and trash pickup. (laughs) so it's a a pretty easy weekend for me I just have to make sure everything's staffed Gotcha. which like the first year when they came the the AVP next that was a lot of work because I was helping them with the nets and there were 150 men's and women's teams total and you know raising lower nets in between games and that was that was a rough one these last two years have been awesome well good
0: stuff Yeah. I know we, we it's almost like we get taken for granted sometimes, but I want to make sure that you know that we appreciate all that you do for not only a big weekend with A V P, but for those leagues that you talked about, the juniors, I mean, all the people that come out here, on behalf of them, I want to say fist bump, thank you so much. Thank you, appreciate it. You're doing your great job, and tell Rob and Christy and everybody out here at Coconut Beach, good luck this weekend. Thank you. Great stuff there from all three. And you always love to see Mick out of Coconut Beach. So, looking forward to seeing him this weekend as well. All right. So, time for us to take our first break on digging it. And again, new sponsor alert from last week Bayou Granite and Marble. Good friend, John Seabode and his company, not only in Homa, but now in the West Bank of New Orleans as well. Also, our good friends Will Sermon at Farm Bureau, and they are in St. Charles and St. John Parish. And one more good friend, Frank Catalano, our good buddy at the Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan. Shout out to the sponsors. Time for a break. When we return, we head to Tulane. To talk to coaches after this. <laughs>
5: Since 2000, Bayou Granite has grown to be Southeast Louisiana's largest fabricator of stone countertops. From precise laser measurements to state-of-the-art waterjet and CNC machines, we can handle your kitchen and bath needs as well as any commercial projects. Let our expert staff design and customize the right material for your home or business. Stop by our new state-of-the-art fabrication facility and showroom today at 9622 East Main Street or call us at 985-637-4911. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.
0: The Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan has it all. A great place to watch the game, daily drink specials, and you won't believe the food. From our fresh 10-ounce burgers, fully loaded baked potatoes, and great salads, too, like taco salad and grilled chicken. Need something to rinse it down with? How about one of our refreshing daiquiris? A great atmosphere for the whole family. Just a few miles west of the airport, the Sports Pub and Grill, 3001 Ormond Boulevard in Destrehan. Welcome back to Digging it and we continue with the beach volleyball theme but we're going to move out of the AVP New Orleans open and head to the collegiate scene and we're going to bring in the Tulane head coach everybody knows him as Coach Easy but Al Zemet joined us now fresh after uh, practice out at White Sands and he is ready to take his team to UAB and the season is quickly quickly coming to an end in the regular season. Coach Easy, so glad to have you on again. And it's great to see you. Congratulations on look, 16 and 8 overall, number 17 team in the country. Once again, another good, great year for Tulane.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it, Eric. And thank you for having me first and foremost. You guys are doing a fantastic job with VSN here and um appreciate being here and promoting the sport. And we we'll, it's the best sport in the world. Um, I, I, <laughs> go
0: ahead, to, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah. let, let's just kind of set the tone first. And there's a lot of things I want to get to. I want to talk to you about your background, both as a player and coach and, uh, you know, your days in Israel. But first, let's just talk about this team right now. Um, again, coming off a really good season last year, right? 22 and 15. This season, again, 16 and 8. You're, you've had some big wins against ranked teams. Uh, We've got some video of your team this year. Let's go ahead and just show some video. You tell us how this season has gone, in your opinion.
4: So far for us, uh, again, we we came into this season for us knowing that we're looking at probably the deepest roster we've uh, ever had uh, to lane And uh, we're excited to also have our team culture all established and, um, you know, things are falling into place. The pieces of the puzzle are always, uh, it's always a uh, work in progress and this year specifically you know feeling like uh, things are coming together for us in regards to having experience having the youth um, having the team culture that we are looking to build here and the depth now to be able to sustain a season that is a uh, fast and furious as you can see um, really excited for for our season so far uh, we feel from one through five one through all the way to eight we have a uh, competitive Teams that anybody can jump in at any given day and contribute and make an impact.
0: Coach, you're just coming off a West Coast swing. You went out to Cal Poly. You split out there two and two. Also USC Davis. Um, you beat Washington, a ranked team in the top 20. I know that was a, a big win for, for Tulane. Tell me about the West Coast trip that you just took and kind of what you got out of it as you prepare to go into another tournament this week at UAB.
4: Yeah, first, uh, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us as a program to head to the West Coast. We have a lot of California kids on the roster and more are coming. So fantastic to be able to go back closer to their home and compete closer to their families. Uh, The competition level obviously is high and we're looking forward to the Cal Poly and Stanford tournaments with the idea of creating another uh, name for ourselves and adding another note in in the hat for our program, in case um, in a, as a Plan B, in case uh, conference championship uh, for the automatic bid is not uh, playing going our way, we have another opportunity to make it to the Gulf Shores tournament for the NCAA championships at the beginning of May. Um, our trip specifically for California um, was again also fast and furious with uh, six competitions in the course of about five days, and that's a the emotional roller coaster, as you can imagine, playing multiple competitions a day and um, having a, a ranked win, a very emotional win against the number 13 Washington, um, and clinching it with the ones with Molly Eberty and Kendall Peters that showed phenomenal poise um, with some um, very emotional crowd around the, the courts as well. It was a great atmosphere for beach volleyball, it was a great atmosphere for our team. To experience and prepare also for the final push for us for this month.
0: Hey, let's bring up the couple of those California kids that you just referred to, Molly and Kendall. Clinched that win against Washington on Net One. They have been named the Conference USA uh, partners of the of the week, the pair of the week, um, and deservedly so. And tell us a little bit about Net One and and in particular Molly. Um, Coming from USC, where she won back-to-back national championships, I know she was at net five there. She's at net one and performing well with her partner, Kendall. Tell us about those two.
4: Right. So we're super excited, obviously, to have a win-win scenario with Molly Ebertine coming in here for business analytics here with the Tulane and doing phenomenally in the classroom and getting a phenomenal opportunity for her future after college and bringing Molly with an experience like you mentioned from USC with championship experience and winning expectations and that mindset of uh, knowing how to um, get the W and work hard to um, stay poised during these moments of the, exactly what we we're relying on that experience. So bringing that to our team, combining with the young roster from last year um, that had opportunity to gain some experience at the season last year um is is a good combination for us kendall peters has been a a staple for us at the ones uh, all her career here and she continues to be spectacular um their competition that all of our pairs are facing is steep i feel like the parity across the nation this year is across the board it's incredible and every year it's getting better so again there's no there's no moments that you can take um, off and there's no moments that you can think that there's no, you can't bring your a game. We have to at any given day, bring your a game to be, uh, successful in this environment. And it's fantastic for the sport. It's fantastic for the broadcasting and the fans and, and for our players. So we're excited about it. Coach last year, VSN
0: was so fortunate to go to Huntsville, Alabama, when you were still a member of the uh, CCSA and just, you know, The competition in that conference, you're talking about, you know, some of the best teams in the nation with TCU and you uh, LSU and yourselves and uh, just so many, so many unbelievable teams. So here you are now, Conference USA. You just brought up the fact that, hey, there's a chance if we win this tournament in Fort Lauderdale that you're going to get an automatic bid to go to Gulf Shores. And as you said, you're working on your resume to get even an at-large bid if things don't go your way in Fort Lauderdale, Justin, if you can put up the graphics of the Conference USA standings and kind of take a look at some of these teams and the the, the team that stands out to me right now, Coach UAB, their record may not be indicative, but man, they got some great players. And uh, the other part is they beat you guys March 18th at Gulf Shores three to two. I know you have a ton of respect for Coach Terry Del Conte and that program as well. Tell us, I guess, two two part questions. One about the Conference USA, what it's like playing in the new conference, your expectations, I guess, in the tournament. And uh, I guess set us up for the UAB tournament that you're going to this weekend.
4: Yeah. Uh, So first to your first question, uh, I think within the Conference USA, the move for us was was tremendous to be again in the run for a conference championship and for and from the beginning of the season for us this journey with this unique group of athletes this year that's part of the discussion on a daily basis and for us that's the that's the plan a that's the expectations for ourselves and that's what we're gunning for um with that said obviously steep competition with fau fiu and UAB, um and utep and 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 jackson state uh, I think for us is uh, it's going to be a fun competition for the conference championship in Fort Lauderdale or later on in this month. Um, we're looking forward to that. The records at the end of the day for us entering the conference championship is uh, it's not going to make a difference that much. Uh, there is a it's a true double elimination bracket, and at the end of the day for for us to be successful in a tournament, we're we're looking to peak towards that, that portion of the season for us, of course. Um, with that said, um, we did see UAB earlier this season, and that loss is definitely stinging, and it's still in our minds. Uh, we're looking, we're really excited to get the opportunity this, this coming weekend to be able to get redemption and prepare, uh, additionally, one more step towards conference championship.
0: Coach, one of the things that we do with all of our guests is try to find out more about their background and how they got into the sport of volleyball. I know um, back in Israel, you were a player way before you were a coach. So if you can, tell us when you started playing volleyball and when this sport really took to you.
4: So, I mean, I love the question. I think we all have a background in the sport and the passion for the sport it goes long, long way. Um, And to me, in general, volleyball was a a unbelievable vehicle throughout life and throughout the globe to be able to meet people and network and explore the world uh, through volleyball. And it was a phenomenal vehicle on that. end. I started um, in a community in Israel in a kibbutz. I grew up in a kibbutz in Israel and the kibbutz volleyball team was one of the best teams in the nation. And mind you, it's uh, indoor volleyball. So the grassroots, we had phenomenal coaches from very young age, and I've grown through the ranks um, in to the youth, juniors, and the senior team. And the ability to go also through the national team experience um, as well in Israel was very maturing. And being able to head over to college in Hawaii for a for phenomenal four five years in Hawaii was uh, obviously an experience that I would never replace. And the the atmosphere and the love for the sport and the passion for the sport in both in Israel and in, in my kibbutz and in Hawaii were absolutely off the charts. Um, for my transition to beach volleyball was in Israel still. Uh, it was mostly it was mostly during the summers uh, between national team training and the beginning of the next indoor season. There are always a, a series of about eight tournaments. And I fell in love. I fell in love with it. At that point, there was no availability like we have now for um, beach volleyball and not even thinking about doing beach volleyball in college. I think it's unbelievable to grow up in this day and age and have uh, a path to dream about going to college and playing beach volleyball. It's absolutely insane to me. And that's a phenomenal opportunity. Um, We didn't have that back in the day. And my full transition into beach volleyball was right after college. When I finished Hawaii um, collegiate career, um, I transitioned into a full um, path to head to the AVP. And established the Israel national team for beach volleyball as well. And um, that's, that's the path that led me into the AVP for the next six, seven years and being able to compete on the FIVB as well. And Norseka's and being able to enjoy the sport and grow through the sport as it, uh, as the collegiate level started. Um, And once the collegiate level started to, to grow, Um, I was also making the transition to coaching uh, in college, and I started in San Francisco, um, established the beach volleyball program there along with the indoor team, and had a a fun and phenomenal couple of uh, first years, uh, very low funding, and um, initially mostly crossover athletes from indoor that played both indoor and beach. And the sport has grown so much since then that, um, again, being a crossover athletes these days is definitely became a lot harder task to, to do as at the beginning, there are fewer players that started practicing at a high level at like 11 and 12 kids are practicing before that. And they're coming to college with a tremendous amount of experience. The IQ level is high and they're ready to make an impact in their freshman year. And that's, that's really impressive and great testimony for the sport and the grassroots level of coaches and clubs that are putting the time in with the passion and love for the sport at a young age to help the young players can grow up the way they are and coming back to college. But yep. um, for me personally, the move from San Francisco was to an Ivy League in Dartmouth, and I was coaching indoor there with the idea of also – hopefully helping ivy league start beach volleyball as well but uh that was a little harder task uh to take on uh the the ivy league is moving at a little slower pace than most of the conference most of the nation as you can imagine yes um, yes and, and then the move to tulane was a natural move to stay within the beach volleyball world which was um my, where my passion was
0: that was a tremendous wrap-up of Coach Easy's career right there, both as a player and a coach. I've got several follow-ups. I want to take you back to Hawaii. Um, how did you go from Israel to Hawaii? And tell me about being part of a national championship team while you were in Hawaii.
4: Um, first, yeah, I love uh, that period of my life was uh, obviously uh, a period that I always loved to come back to. It's the move to Hawaii was uh, to me very exciting, even though Hawaii is literally the opposite side of the globe, um, which yes. is the, the furthest furthest away from family as as can be. Um, but again, it's not a bad place to be in, and immediately had um, a nice host family that was uh, very welcoming. And in the in the environment in Hawaii for volleyball, there's no professional sports, so it was for us as a, as a team and as a volleyball player, it was phenomenal atmosphere um, and the, being part of that championship caliber team that made the run in 2002 um, was absolutely, I mean, it's just remarkable for us. And I would never forget that season. We did have our ups and downs. We did have our challenges and conflicts um, and uh, but at the end of the day, I feel like every team that is at this level of expectations, looking to to take care of those challenges and stick together and and complete the task at hand and the mission that was set uh, at the beginning of the season. And for us, it was a beautiful culmination of all of these aspects to get together. We've actually just uh, uh, started talking seriously about uh full reunion with that team uh coming up in the next year or two so nice looking forward to that
0: what position did you play uh in hawaii collegiately indoor
4: yeah i was a outside hitter uh primary passer and uh we've had a system also in hawaii for the championship season where i was a uh, six rotation passing opposites and then there was a, a different method of us utilizing the strengths and minimizing the weaknesses for our team we were one of the smallest teams in the country at the time and competing against uh, giant teams that you can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So utilizing our speed, utilizing the ball control and obviously the, the grit and competitiveness for the team was uh, tremendous.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So you go to university of San Francisco to begin your, your coaching career. You start the beach program there. You also coach a little indoor and then you go to Dartmouth where you spent four years, as you said, you, you're starting up that beach program. You know, you're, you're an assistant there for four years. What was the connection? How did you come from Dartmouth to become the head coach of the Tulane Beach volleyball team?
4: Yeah, great question. It's a first a couple of stars needed to be aligned um, for sure. My goal, moving from San Francisco to Dartmouth, and quick correction, Dartmouth did not have a beach volleyball team. They
0: didn't have a beach program. Okay, I thought you, yeah. you were trying to start one, you said, exactly. but everything is a little bit slower in the Ivy League. Okay, yeah. so that yeah. was just indoor, those four years as an assistant.
4: Correct, and uh, obviously the whole time, obviously eyeing the, the AVP and the Pro Tour and the, the progress with the collegiate level and the programs that added um, Beach Volleyball to their, um, to their programs that were supported. For, and for me, it was always looking to see where the opportunity to come back to, to the beach, because that's where my passion was and still is. And the move specifically from Dartmouth to Tulane, um, a lot of it also, I have to attribute to my wife, Stacy, which is, again, I've been phenomenal support over these years. And uh, she she grew up in Wisconsin. She definitely had enough of snow in her lifetime. <laughs> and we were we were looking for a, a warmer place, also to to be able to be a part of uh, a community that we felt is a, a very diverse. And um, we loved the idea of Tulane. Once it came online, um, and the application process was a. Um, a no brainer for us at that point. Um, I, for me personally, growing up in Israel, I've never imagined myself living in Louisiana. And that that was to me, a very new experience uh, to come here. But we loved it from the moment we stepped um, foot here in New Orleans, the, the warmth we felt from the community and the warmth we felt from as a family, from the Tulane Athletics family, uh, was tremendous, and uh, we fell in love. Our second child, Sagiv, was born here, uh, right before the pandemic. And uh, we we love being able to grow the roots here in the city. The support from athletic department here for us um, for the beach volleyball program is fantastic. Our sports supervisor, supervisor Jenna, has been phenomenal. And for for me personally, I feel like it's a fantastic combination here today of very competitive athletics with the obviously world renowned academics with the future beyond college to do tremendous things both on and off the court. So I felt like it was a great fit and a phenomenal opportunity to take on. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to come here.
0: Well, I know Tulane's got to be very grateful as well because all you've done, Coach, is produce, and again a, a top twenty ranking this year as well. Um, again, a sixteen and eight record as you head into uh, a, a tournament this weekend at UAB. Um, let me ask you this: you, you you touched on the fact that you know you went out to California, you got a couple California kids, and more coming. Let me ask you about recruiting and. Kind of what um what your philosophy is on recruiting because I know when we the year that we did the AVP next at New Orleans Open at Coconut Beach I guess that'd have been 2021 we also did the Atlantic City Open and when we were up there we went to the juniors uh, national convention and there were a couple players from up there I think maybe the Cincinnati area maybe Indiana of the there was at least two or three people that said they're committed to Tulane. I'm like, wow, coach easy. He's he's all over the place. So, so I guess your philosophy on, um, on recruiting because it doesn't just stop at California or the East coast, you got um, you got international players. I'm looking at the roster. There's a player from England, Puerto Rico and Australia. So Mm -hmm. I I guess, give me, you know, when you go out to recruit and your, your assistants, what are you looking for? and, And what's your philosophy?
4: Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Eric, and I think it's uh, the million-dollar question for a lot of programs around the nation, right? Uh, for us, for Tulane specifically, we can't just go after everybody because it's a, it's a very specific academic profile that we're looking for. And obviously, it's um, it's a, we will need to find a desire for kids to step out of their comfort zone in the state and make it to Louisiana and to New Orleans to be explore and to experience different um, different types of uh, creating memories here in Tulane. For us, in terms of philosophy, for we're not necessarily limiting geographically, but the the fact of the matter is that a lot of the a lot of the players that are starting at a younger age are growing up near the coast and uh, California right now, obviously Florida. Texas has a tremendous tremendous growth uh, as you can imagine along with Arizona and we were able to tap into smaller I would say markets but smaller regions that are uh, developing phenomenally younger players these days and it's if it's uh, in Pennsylvania and Ohio um, they're they're great grassroots programs and clubs that are uh, developing the kids the right way with the right character that we're looking for and the right uh, perseverance and drive that we're looking for. One of the major intangible items for us that we're always looking to add to our team culture and continue the team culture is, again, that passion for the sport and that competitiveness that you really can't replace in any other way. Um, and talent can you know take you a certain way, but it's not necessarily – Um, all that we're looking for at the end of the day for four years or potentially five years, if a, you know, a scenario like COVID hits again, it's uh, we want the right people to continue and carry on the culture uh, that we're looking for here. And it's, uh, again, family atmosphere, competitive family atmosphere that pushes each other to be beyond comfort zone and to be the best version of themselves at the end of each practice day. No that's that's well put
0: and I, and I like that part about that competitive juice that you know talent can take you so far but there's just something about you know a competitor with that passion that that will to win um following up on that let me get your take you know we talked you talk about texas kind of you know growing those those states by the coast even arizona what about louisiana give me your take on the juniors program and is it on the rise? Is it about the same over the last three or four years that you've been down here? Wh- what have you seen out of the juniors in Louisiana?
4: Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. And it's, uh, for us, we're always looking to add uh, local kids here for the program. Uh, the, I know that there is within the state uh, some competition for, uh, for local talent as well. And Tulane, is. we're always in the fray to like, make sure that we're, we got our name in there. Um, Tulane also came with the additional opportunities for aid for local kids that are academically um, performing well, and that's fantastic news for us because um, we can go. Usually, there's a little different uh, financial demographics that we're you know facing when we're looking at Louisiana, what that we're um always uh, it's been a challenge in the past and that additional step from Tulane as a school is going to definitely be helpful in the future. What we've seen from the, since I've gotten here in 2019, late 2019, in terms of the growth of the sport is, is phenomenal. Um, And I think, uh, again, Joey Kinner is a big factor of that in terms of adding um, fantastic level of training for the juniors at this level. And we've been obviously, Um, good friends, uh, starting with the, before we even got here as a family. And it's been fantastic also working with Bruce and the passion that he's bringing Bruce White, that's um, managing our, our White Sands facility. Um, Also a lot of, a lot of passion there, uh, a lot of history there and some phenomenal stories and memories on that end. Uh, But we've seen growth in the numbers of uh, younger kids that are, looking to enter the sport and experience the, you know, the opportunity to be on the sand and play volleyball. And most of the kids that do give it a shot are falling in love with the sport and I can't blame them. It's a, it is the best sport in the world. And and for for that aspect, there's, a, there's and for us uh, another big push to reach out to the community with the free kids clinic that we're gonna run on April 22nd. And we're welcoming um, the partnership with the 18th Ward uh, to be able to bring younger kids from different demographics to give it a try and, tr- and play beach volleyball on the sand. Um, and we're looking forward for that event and continuing that tradition to help grow the sport in the state because to me, the state of Louisiana and New Orleans in general has tremendous amount of talent that's growing in this state and in the city. And currently um the the move towards beach volleyball is not necessarily known and other sports are traditionally been uh, been the path naturally and we want to make that change and make that shift to help the sport grow within the state and that's part of what we're that our efforts are
0: that's, great. The, that's the kids yeah no and that's i want you to say it again and so we we know It's April 22nd. So that's next Saturday out at, uh, you're going to have a a free beach clinic. Tell us a little bit more about that.
4: Yeah. Uh, we look into, again, we partnered with the 18th ward, which is a nonprofit organization that runs youth sports activities throughout the city of New Orleans. Yes. And, uh, we're looking to bring younger kids, uh, 14 and younger to, um, come to white sands, before our senior day uh, ceremony and senior day competitions and looking to have fun for about 45 minutes on the, on the sand with the, with our team and being able to enjoy beach volleyball the way we see it and the way we feel it and be a part of a collegiate atmosphere of beach volleyball competition and senior day ceremony and just to feel it you know inside and being able to hopefully bring more kids to the sport, which is, again, the best opportunity to enjoy athletics in the world. So. Love it. Love it. Hey,
0: uh, the Blazer Beach Blast, you leave in tomorrow morning. You got Central Arkansas and Southern Miss on Saturday. Then you got the host team, UAB, on Sunday. Tell me a little bit about it. Um, as, you, as you know, we, we got to let you go soon here. We'll talk to you about beach volleyball all day because we both love it. But tell me about some of the other nets. And I know Net 5, this past weekend, Laura and uh, Svaka uh, had a big, big weekend out in uh, California. Uh, Abby and Ashton on net four, net three, Samantha and Emily and Sarah and Maddie, who was a Met net one, of course, before uh, on net two. Now, tell me about some of those players, what, it's, what you want to see your team do, not only this weekend, but then the following week, I believe, and maybe two weeks away in Fort Lauderdale at the Conference USA Championship tournament.
4: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'll start with our Sarah and Maddie. For us, has have been they've started our spring for us in a running off out of the gates, like sprinting, and they've done phenomenally well for us uh, to earn these spots. They've been challenging Molly and Kendall the entire year, and being able to earn that spot for us. And we're looking for them to continue to grow. They both are relatively young players that are looking to. Uh, Again, find additional tools to add to the toolbox and being able to groove moving into this next two weeks. We're looking for that growth from them to continue and improve and for them to, again, be able to give us that boost that we're looking for uh, from the twos, potentially threes position. And similar to Emily and Sam, um, obviously had a tremendous spring so far as a pair and we've really liked to see seeing their partnership grow since the beginning of the season and there's there's a phenomenal leadership within that uh, within that pair that allowed them to perform uh, at some of the biggest moments for us as a program this season and being able to clinch both of the wins in south carolina um, and being able to get the national pair of the week that week is a has been phenomenal for those two, and we're looking for continued um, success and leadership from that pair, um, from Sam and Emily, and for Abby and Ashton. Um, we've we've seen uh, their their friends off the court, and they're you know obviously both Texas kids for us, and that partnership has been just a, a fantastic journey of um, s- resilience. For them, and they've shown that uh, they're very tough to beat and they're when they're working together, they've been producing the, I think they went four and our first uh, during our Cal Poly tournament and they've they've been a staple for us throughout the entire season in terms of a uh, consistency and we uh, we love what we know we can get from Abby and Ashton and they're bringing it every day to to become the better version, best version of themselves as a pair. And we're looking for that to continue into this coming weekend. Um, and then for Lara and Savka, same. They're both fiery players uh, on off the court. And they're really good friends off the court as well, which helps them get over a couple of uh, hiccups in games and challenges and tough teams that they're playing against and be able to reset and make that switch between points to to be resilient as a pair. And they've been phenomenally strong for us. Uh, in this season, uh, Savka and Lada both bring experience from the previous two years uh, together and uh, being able to, in practice, have opportunities to, to enjoy competition together. Um, they're both very potent offensively and we're looking for them to continue and uh, produce for us in, the, in their respective flights. Um, like I said at the beginning of the season, um, we're the deepest we've ever been, and we feel very strongly about the opportunity for additional players like uh, Molly Chard, Simon Gibson, Sam O'Connor, um, Kenzie Cutler, Sam Green, Alex Hennessy, Cara Griffin. Uh, we're looking for an Izzy Mitchell as well for anybody from that caliber to be able to enter and contribute if uh, there is a need for it. So we feel very. Blessed, I would say with the depth of the team this year and the personalities on the team this year where the team comes first before our personal ego, which is uh, always a foundation for us to be successful.
0: Depth, experience, talent. Where do we end? I mean, you've got it. You've got a great roster. You've had a great run this year and you know, it's, it's not over. The, the, the second season is about to start. Coach Ziemann, we wish you the best, man. We really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Safe travels to Birmingham this weekend. Tell Coach Terry that we said hello. She's a friend of the show, and uh, we wish you the best in Fort Lauderdale. We're going to be following you. you got a great team. You're a great coach, and uh, I, I know we're we're all excited for you. So best of luck, and thanks again for being on the show.
4: Thank you, Eric, for having me on the show. And you guys are doing, again, phenomenal work with the, just uh, promoting the sport and love what you guys do. Keep it up as well.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you so much. You take care. It's time for us to take another break here on Digging It. Again, the show brought to you by Bayou Granite and Farm Bureau, St. John St. Charles Parish, as well as the Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan. We'll be right back to tell you what's coming up on VSN after this.
5: Since 2000, Bayou Granite has grown to be Southeast Louisiana's largest fabricator of stone countertops. From precise laser measurements to state-of-the-art waterjet and CNC machines, we can handle your kitchen and bath needs as well as any commercial projects. Let our expert staff design and customize the right material for your home or business. Stop by our new state-of-the-art fabrication facility and showroom today at 9622 East Main Street or call us at 985-637-4911. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.
4: Hi, my name is Will Sermon from St. Charles St. John Parish Form Bureau. On behalf of my entire staff, I want to wish all the players and coaches the best of luck. Real service, real people.
0: Time to wrap up another edition of Digging It with Eric Ritchie. What's coming up this week on VSN? We've got a couple of big ones. If you've been following VSN the last week or so, You know that we're doing the where are they now for the 2019 East Bank Little League World Series team. Many of those players, almost all are sophomores. Many are starting for area high schools. Two of those are freshmen. But we're going to have the final game of the Catholic League district season, Brother Martin at Jesuit on Saturday. That'll be a great game. So you're going to want to check that out, as well as Loyola Baseball, a three-game series with Blue Mountain College. Uh, single game on Friday, doubleheader on Saturday. So a lot to look forward to this weekend on VSN. Plus our social media, we'll be really diving into the AVP New Orleans Open, hearing from some of the local talent, some of the big time players, some other stories that we'll, we'll try to look up as well. So that will do it for now. Again, we want to thank Coach Easy from Tulane. Wish them the best of luck this week at UAB. UAB. Want to thank our director, Justin Thomas. I'm Eric Ritchie. So long, everyone. We'll see you out at the ABB Open this weekend, huh? Good night.